It's Tempo Waffle Time! Good morning, Stephen and special guest Ovi. Yes, I have a puppy on my lap. And that's not a euphemism. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> Maybe it's a simile. It's, it's a metaphor. Uh, okay. All right. So, uh, Steve... Oh, I've lost the message. It's over there. The crux of the message, as Troy walks away from the microphone to get his phone that he put down, that he keeps on speaking in the background, so that'll be really annoying for anyone trying to figure out what I just said. Yeah, the, um, the anticipation is killing. Okay. Right. Are you ready? Yep. Uh, when do semantics transition into a non-sequitur, or vice versa for that matter? When do semantics transition into a non-sequitur? Yeah. Um, well, let's do some definition. Okay. So semantics is the meaning of words as as, as they appear in context. Is it, is it, or is it the meaning, the meaning of words as wanted to be understood by the speaker? Um, yes, so, mm, wow. If I say coffee, and you go, yeah, it is, we have a semantics problem. No, but, but that would, well, yes, but that would be a context issue. Like, if, if, you, if I don't have coffee, and you say coffee, the context requires me to understand that it was an offer. Yeah. If you say coffee, and I already have coffee, then the context requires me to understand that you... Stating the obvious. <laughs> um, well, it could have worked in. Uh, do you want to drink, Steve? And you replied, "Coffee." Coffee. And you showed me your cup. I go, "Oh, you, that, mean, you mean you've got coffee?" Yeah, right? but but that, so that the cement, the semantic meaning of a word instantiates through the context in which it's phrased, in context in which it's uttered. Right. So if I hold up my cup of coffee and say coffee, the implication of that is that I'm indicating to you that I don't need another drink. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I, would, I would say it's words in context is the semantics. Okay. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the context. Does it have to be mutually intelligible? It does. If, if successful communication is the goal, then whatever it is that's uttered needs to have been uttered under the guise of the listener understanding what the speaker is saying. Um, and so that's when your non sequitur comes in, right? If, if okay, the... p- possibly. Okay, so uh, the best the best example of a non sequitur, uh, I can't remember exactly how it goes. I heard it when I was young, and I went, "What?" And then I realized later on that actually that's the essence of a non sequitur. So I say to you, um, uh, "Why did the why did the little boy fall out of the tree?" And I go, I don't know, why did the little boys fall out of the tree? And I say, because someone threw a fridge at him. Okay, so in the, in that particular situation, the it's a joke. Yes. So the non-sequitur is... Well, I guess, by uh, the most liberal definitions of joke, yes. Yeah, so the, the non-sequitur there is part of the joke. Yeah, that I guess the joke is supposed to be the, huh, the... All right, so, so let's do the definition of non-sequitur then, because um, my understanding of it is that it's a an utterance which doesn't fit into the previous... Yes, it, there's no... 
obvious direct link between the the previous statements and the ones that, and this one and yes. the following one, yeah. or or no, no link that the listener can can identify. Yes, I guess um, because the speaker might have seen a link. Um, I, I mean, non sequiturs are very common in in uh, cocktail party situations where you have conversation, 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 and lol, somebody, and and then somebody goes, "Oh, did you know that they spotted a cheetah down on Bronson Street?" Yeah, that's right. Or or conversation, conversation. Right. So speaking of cars, which actually they weren't weren't speaking of cars. Right. But but it, in that sense, okay, it's that, a topic change. Okay. So that's the perfect one. So speaking of is a perfect example of semantics. Right, okay, because right? that... You know that I'm not saying I was speaking about tigers, but when I say, so speaking of tigers, you you understand that I'm saying, I'm introducing a new topic right, right. now, let's talk about this topic. Right, okay, it's a topic change. By just saying change. speaking of, but the, the literal meaning of speaking of makes no sense whatsoever. Yes. Okay. All right, so there we've got our... Well, it, it could be a topic change, but it also could be a, a throwback to a topic that was discussed eight minutes earlier, which everybody was there for, for that for that. Oh, uh, yeah, like um, the other class... Ah, uh, where were we? Where were we? Where, you're not asking where no, we right, were. Yeah. You're saying, let's return to the topic we were talking about. Yeah, okay, so that, that's an issue of semantics, because in that, in that particular example... The semantics of where were we relies heavily on the context of uh, we're having a conversation and we've shifted topics so many times that I've lost track of where we were. And um, So the non-sequitur thing, I think, is more common than people realize. I think it's incredibly common, which is a huge issue for us as language teachers because it's easy to teach somebody that when I say, what's your name, I mean... Could you give me that information? I'd like to know what name to call you or what name to write down right. or what name to stick in this form or whatever. You, that's perfectly understood. There's no semantics going on there, right? Right. Okay. Uh, but if you said to me, you know, if I translated my name into uh, Azerbaijani, that's a language, right? I don't know. Okay. If I translate my name into Azerbaijani, uh, it, it's sounds, it sounds like the French word for bidet. That is the French word. <laughs> anyway. And I go, God, just another sign that you're a loser. And you turn to me and go, what's your name? Now, in that context, there, there's a whole semantic thing going on where you're saying, well, I bet your name is stupid as well, or I know that your name translates to something stupid as well, or whatever. So, what's your name? You actually know my name. You're saying to me, take a look at your name. Yeah. Okay. I think the what's your name thing is a good example, actually, because if, if you say to me, what's your name, I'm going to say Steve, mm-hmm. because you're asking me for a label that you can... But in a classroom... What's your name is not. It's got to be the full name because I've got to tick you off as, as present or absent. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you ask a child what's your name, they're going to give you the full name, you know, all the middle names. And uh, uh, this is what happens here. If I ask a Cambodian kid what's your name, they give me 
a, mm. a mouthful of which I can't follow. It's too fast and it's too long and there's too many letters and it's. Um, whereas actually, all that I wanted them to do was tell me that they are whatever fast easy name is that their friends call them, right? Okay. Um, all right. So, are you ready for this? Oh, there's there's we, we a test. A, we have a yes. Oh, okay. I, uh, I we thought get, we were just chatting about no, this. No, the, the test is we've got to figure out when does this transition or flip flop between semantics and oh, I see. Oh, I see. Okay. So we're we're having a look at these these. Dialogue pairs, yeah. is that what it is? Yeah. And identifying whether there's a semantic link or not. Or even if it is, because we, we do have to teach this stuff. Do we? Sure. I, I, I recently taught, so where were we? Oh, because did you? I've never taught that. That's that's very Troy of you. Where were we? I've never taught that as a... Are you teaching like, like discourse markers? Uh I can't remember. Oh, the and by the way, is is that a, is that something that you were throwing to that lesson too? It could have been. I can't actually remember <laughs> which lesson it was in. I just remember that one particular phrase being in there. So all the listeners here, Troy's lessons are a masterpiece of of linking disparate, desperate, disparate elements disparate. of language, <laughs> just into one cohesive whole that makes a lot of sense while you're in the class. But afterwards, you go, hang on. Okay, there you go. Okay. A Steve commentary about Troy's lesson planning. Okay. Just just on that topic. <laughs> Look, the lesson I taught yesterday was... Uh, what phrases can I use in, instead of I like, I, I love it, I hate it? I can't stand. That's right. But uh, linguistically, there, there's so much variety in them. Some of them are just verbs I avoid. Some of them are modals like that I can't stand. Um... Some of them... But this is the basis of the whole lexical approach. Yeah. The lexical approach's idea is, let's teach language which has lexically yeah. related... It's grouped together by context. Yeah, rather than by grammatical. So instead of yes. teaching modal verbs, I'm going to teach how to say... How to state preference. Yes, and I had in that lesson, I'm interested in it. So that's an adjective phrase. But it's a compound, interested in, but it's got a, it's an adjective phrase, it's got, you have the verb to be, com- grammatically no, but, but completely different from I avoid, which is also different from oh, okay. I don't mind, which is different from I can't stand. And I'm keen on? I'm, and I, I am keen on, there we go, we've got another one, that, that grammatically fits but, with but interested in. A, in. No, yeah, but in a lesson like that, you wouldn't, you wouldn't label these grammatically. No, 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 I, not at all. Okay. But I, but of course, I had to show the the students the rules that, well, avoid. Yes, that does have the third person. He avoids, but uh, he can't stand. Doesn't. I, yeah, he can't stand. Doesn't. But he doesn't mind. Does. But the because it's the negative. It's on the verb yeah, to yeah. do it. Yada okay. yada. So all that had to come in, and he is interested in the interested in doesn't change. It's the verb to be that has to match the subject. So anyway, I where, didn't where, say any of it like where that. Where were we? Where were we? <laughs> okay. Okay, so here's... Oh, there's another one. So anyway. So anyway. Yeah. All right, we're getting into a car for a road trip. Okay. okay. Uh, so my wife and I have got a few days off. We're going to head out of town. Mm. Right? We're leaving from home, and it's a road trip, not a trip to the supermarket. Okay. All right, so here's the dialogue. Ready? Yes. Me. Are you going to stop for air? Okay. We've, we've just got in the car and we're driving away from the house. Okay. From the house. Yeah. Are you going to stop for air? Okay. 
Right? Yes. Got any idea where... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, the tyres are flat, right? Uh, close enough. Usually, when we take a road trip, we te- check the tyre pressure on the way out of town. at the, And it's always at the <coughs> same service station, just around the corner from the house. It's You can only get out of my house by driving down that road. Yeah. So, it's not just air in the tyres, but also the location is a given. <coughs> Hello, dog. All the dogs. Yeah. Um, I I would say when when you with husband and wife in if you in that <gasps> kind of very very close yeah um, relationship circle, the, a lot of the language is is telegraphic. <laughs> you you don't you don't state entire sentences and stuff because there is there's so much background knowledge within that pairing, right? Um, you always do the same thing. You've got coding for particular ways of of dealing with the world um okay so i'm i'm the speaker yes and i understand by my statement uh on the on the way out of town here we're going to stop just around the corner at that specific service station whatever you want to call it to check the tire pressure right okay all right so first of all i'm not driving okay at, at this point all right. So, begs me a question. Why begs the question? Why I have to ask this? Okay. Because it doesn't matter to me. I'm not driving. I don't need directions. I was taking care of kid. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. So we've got lots of context going on. Oh, my thumbprint phone opener doesn't want to open. My notes are on my phone. All right. That was a non sequitur, was it? Yes. Okay. No. Maybe. All right. So, me. Yes. Are you going to stop for air? Reply. Stop for air. Oh, she didn't understand. Okay, keep going. Me. Are you going to stop and put air in the tyres? Okay. Okay, I had to add a little bit. Maybe it was a bit too out of the blue. Okay. Okay. Uh, And then, wife, stop for... Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, instant. Went from heart to art. Got it. We're back on the same wavelength. And then... Me? Yeah. Back to me? Uh, okay, I was going to take off my shoes. <laughs> Have we got into non-sequitur now? Um, Are you going to stop for air? Yes. As, as an outsider, yes, that would seem a very unrelated statement. Um, and that, But I think that in the context of you and your wife... The it, it implication, yeah, the implication would be that if you are stopping for air, I'm going to need to get out of the car, and therefore I can't take my shoes off. That's right. It's very noisy out here. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to pause because there's a guy down the road doing stuff. Right, we've moved. We're now out the back of the house where you might get to sound, sound, hear the sounds of a forklift. The, um, just going back to... Um, if you don't mind, the difference between the the essence of a non sequitur, as as we're talking about it now, is the person who is listening, yep. receiving the code, has not read the context properly. So in well, in in our last little bit here, we had um, there's some noise, which was a non sequitur in the in the turns that we were that, uh-huh. that we were engaged in, because there was a contextual feature. Well, that, yeah. yeah. Made and it very obvious. Even somebody a thousand kilometers away from us now will pick that clue up, yeah. and and that will not be a non sequitur, even though it was it was a turn of conversation. It was 
linguistically, if we just had a transcript of the conversation, it, it was be. apropos of nothing. But if you apropos you're... of nothing, wow. Okay, yes. All right. Actually, so this may have a definition for a non sequitur. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very much one of those one of those conversations where the, where what we're talking about becomes the focus of attention. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Do you have another prompt? I want another prompt. No, that was the end of oh, that. We, I, want, we, I want more tests. No, there, there was an ending to it, which is we... And I, I, the problem was I got out of the car and was checking the, the tyre pressure. And that's I was replaying the whole conversation in my mind. Like, oh. And that's why I thought of like, well, I guess that was a non sequitur then, not... It, it wasn't a semantics issue. It became a non sequitur. Yeah, I mean, I have been in situations where there's been a change in topic. There's been a complete to- topic change, and I haven't been able to keep up with it. Everybody else in the conversation okay. has. But it, it I, I mean, I can't think of an example now, but I, I know that there have been times where I've been completely confused what they're speaking about. And there's there's a couple of reasons why that would happen. One is the conversation has changed or turned on a cultural... Um, reference or an in joke of some, some sort, sort of yeah. in joke yes yeah. um, if I'm sitting with a group of Americans and they suddenly start talking about a particular person I have no cultural reference to that person so I don't know what they're speaking about or I'm outside of the context of what's going on so there's been a conversation of some sort uh, and there's a contextual feature which I've missed which everybody else has, has identified and, and joined in a conversation about okay all right, so my question is, me, when I said, ah, I was going to take off my shoes. Mm. Okay, now, let's, for a moment, look at this purely linguistically. Forget, in in the, the transcript. Okay. Yeah, but I forget the semantics or anything else. Okay. I was going to do something. Yeah. So that, linguistically, it's a positive statement, right? Yes. Somebody do something if we just pare it down to its very essence right. we have somebody do something why do you I always go straight into the grammar sh- and because stay lexical man no, think about it for a second i take off shoes yes did i take them off or not no i take off shoes well yes but but in your sentence i take off shoes means i take them off right well okay i eat dinner last night did i eat dinner yes I was going to eat dinner last night. Did I eat dinner? Oh, I see what you're going... Uh, no, no, you didn't. It's still a positive statement, but it, the, it, with a negative meaning. Okay, so that's not really semantics, because that is the literal meaning of that phrase. That's not semantics. Yes. Okay. That's... Syntax. Syntax, In a way, yeah. yes. Okay. Okay. So, there could have been a syntactical issue there where a positive statement actually had a negative meaning. Like, I wish I was rich means I'm not. Okay. Okay. Uh, so there's that. Yes. A. Then there's the semantics. How much context have we got in this situation? Yes. But then there's the non sequitur of, well... What's the, what's the shoes got to do with yeah, the air, Yeah, for my right? wife and I, we were having discussion about putting air in the tyres. Why have I suddenly introduced shoes into the conversation? Yes, and that's part of the t- telegraphy of, of spousal communication, right? Um, she knows that on trips you take your shoes off and settle in to read a book or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody who's outside of that, that habit 
will not understand the reference from one to the other because of the lack of context or background knowledge or I don't know I mean you understand it all and you weren't there we I wasn't take a there. lot of long road trips as husband and wife no I don't take a lot of but I do take off my shoes in the car okay um that I, I don't like wearing shoes when I'm driving or as a passenger I don't like wearing shoes um so uh yes I I get that straight away okay all right so we have a syntactically difficult to pass phrase somebody was going to do something right yes yes uh we have a lot of contextual semantics yes and we have the perhaps it just became a non sequitur did it just transition no. in that point I, i don't think so i don't i don't think a non sequitur is a non sequitur unless somebody loses track lo- loses track of the the flow of dialogue I, I i don't think it actually becomes one i mean there's there's a potential for anything to become a non sequitur Oh. Yeah, it's a horrible word. Yeah. When I was taking the notes in my phone, I think it's spelled as done through squeeze with squeak or Yeah. I, I think it only becomes one when when somebody becomes off topic really. Um I, I remember we had a conversation once where we were walking along or I don't know, we were doing something and and I was thinking about something to do with phrasal verbs, as one does, you know. And I said to you without any without any context well yeah without any introduction I said to you you can't pass a phrasal phrasal verb, verb. I and you had that statement <laughs> you had no idea what I was talking I, about no I think I said something like what do you mean like pick up picked up it's passed <laughs> well, yes uh, pass is the problem there because pass and pass but also you pass a kidney stone right I mean yeah. you you There are certain there there are too many possible interpretations of that particular well, word phonologically speaking phonologically, I, I had p a s t and i had p a r s e but it could have been p a s s yes um so that that particular case of i had a head full of conversation with myself before i said something and then what i said was too easily misinterpreted um and then we needed to backtrack along what yeah. it was i was i think in that case there was just not enough context for my utterance um there wasn't enough background yeah. i mean you had background knowledge to the idea of what i was speaking about and i just assumed that you would be able to pick up from where i was in my head you know yes but i wasn't there in your head at the time exactly yeah. so i think in that case yes that particular utterance became a non sequitur okay um but i think that nothing is or everything is depending on how the listener orientates towards the speaker's perspective but isn't that semantics then yes and i think that when the when the context the context is lost that's when the speaker's assumptions about what the listener can handle becomes non sequitorial okay uh let's take cuz cuz i do believe this is a genuine teaching problem so let's take I quite like tennis. I quite like that. Yeah, quite. I can't say anything today. I quite like tennis. Okay. Do I like tennis or not? You do. Okay. Not a lot. He is quite handsome. Okay. Do I, is he is he handsome? Do I think he's handsome? Yes. Not very. Well, he's he's quite handsome. Oh right. Okay. Do yes. I think he's handsome? Yes. He's quite handsome. Mm. 
Not much. Um, but now... Okay, now I'm using that because quiet and... What's the other one? There are two common words in English where the tone changes it from positive to negative. Or changes it from a lot to a little. It's yeah. quiet and... Pretty? Pretty. Or rather... There's two that are very common and there's a few others. I mean, I think that... I think that the intonation of anything changes its meaning. Um, Not yeah. to that extreme where you're flipping it from a positive to a negative. No, no, no. I mean, you could do that with anything. Uh, I mean, you could... If you get the if you get the intonation right, anything can become sarcastic. Oh, sure. Um, I was wondering if it <laughs> would be possible for yes. you to kindly move your car. I really love coffee. Yeah, I mean, those, those things. I think that depending... If you get it right or wrong... Your meaning, um, but I don't think that. Okay, but let's. I, I, I'm using the quiet example to say. So I've got to teach that I quite like tennis, or I quite like plus sport plus noun. Let's. Okay. All right. What do I teach the students that it means? I, I well, the way that I would do that lesson is I would have like and then a and then a some sort of continuum, love and hate on the mm-hmm. two ends. And then other things in the middle, like keen on and um, yeah. fond of and... A fan of. A fan and, of. Yeah. And, and then have quite at the bottom with arrows in two directions. Okay. Uh, so you've you got to teach that it means both. It could mean more right. or less, yes. So when we're teaching language, we're essentially teaching just context. Well, I think that a teacher who doesn't teach context is missing a lot of the point. And that's why you have reading texts at the beginning of Unit 4, um, Bob and Sandy, or, you know, the... Okay. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> I, I'm teaching students what the language means in context. Yes. How do I go about teaching something like pure semantics where... Are you going to stop for air? Uh-huh. I was going to take off my shoes. Yeah, I think that in the upper levels of... Like, upper intermediate advanced, where we start teaching... Not such polite language, okay? Like conversational, where you start doing things like discourse markers and um, uh, conversation repair moves, and those kind of things. Probably that's where it's going to come in. Where, um, so I have a lesson. Uh, here, here's one that came I up in a lesson of mine. Sorry, yeah. Um, honey, the phone. I'm in the bath. Mm-hmm. That's the conversation. Yeah, and the, and the students have to have to from that uh create the scene where that conversation has happened in okay. in a meaningful well, possible that could be a multiple choice on a topic test oh my god it, yeah, it absolutely well, could be i've seen a few of those where you're just like oh man that's mean yeah but I, but i think that i think that at the upper levels the students can recreate that because this kind of contextual elision of of uh, of uh, is, the whole conversation is, is universal, is universal. Yep. yes i mean i'm not going to have the whole conversation when two words is enough. Okay. And in a lot of Asian languages, the context is even more important than, than in English. You know. Okay, so let's say my lesson is on, we'll do a discourse markers lesson. It's on, um, uh, what do you call the, the statements that you use to just say, yeah, I'm still listening? Uh, feedback called? tokens. Yeah, okay, so, wow, really? Huh, oh, mm. that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yes, or, oh, mm, mm. Okay, <laughs> and then... In that lesson, uh, we play the audio recording, and Troy's been really creative, and he's captured 
uh, clip of the, I'm trying to think of a famous TV show, Downton Abbey, the clip of the producers of Downton Abbey being interviewed by someone, whatever, my context has gone too far. And the students got to pick up all the all those markers, and it's really wow. Hmm, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Oh, get out, and oh, get out is in there. Now the other ones all make sense, right? That is interesting. I heard what you said, and I'm interested in it. Wow, I am surprised by by that. I didn't know that. That hey, you're giving me new information. And mm. by the way, all of these statements also mean. I'm listening and paying attention, and I'm part of this conversation, even though it's really one-sided. And then there's, oh, get out, get out of yeah, but here. That's, that's culturally framed by by an Australian system. I mean, but I think that everybody, uh, you got to be kidding, no way. Uh, yeah, but those ones, like, ev- linguistically, you could pass them, but oh, get out. I still think that's cultural. You wouldn't understand if I used it in a sentence? You'd no, no, it. I would be able to recreate the meaning. But if I'd never heard that phrase before, the tone in which it's said and the unaggressive way in which it's phrased is probably going to tell me that that's a way of, of expressing super surprise. Um, but unless I've been brought up in a context where that's normal, I'm not going to actually... I'm required to piece that together for myself as a native speaker yes okay so i've got to teach that to the students no i don't think you teach that to i mean you could throw it in as i mean not necessarily that particular phrase but that situation where all these statements mean what they say they mean but that one does not mean what it says it means i i think that the students are, particularly ones that have been studying english for a while are savvy enough to pick that up for themselves that they could probably piece that together themselves. And if you threw that into a lesson and said, ask them, even if they've never heard it before, what does that mean? In the context of a lesson on feedback tokens and the fact that that feedback token is spoken in a friendly way, it okay. doesn't mean get out. It means, wow, that's amazing. I, I or think. I'm shocked. I'm, or... well, way, yeah, way to go, whatever. Um, so um, we've moved from semantic non sequiturs to feedback tokens. I don't know. That was my example of when the when it switches from our our nice little our nice little uh, I don't know. It, suddenly, in the middle of a lesson, there's just one thing that doesn't follow your nice established pattern. But, uh, but in, in this case, a, a, a it, semantic is, statement mm, where you've got to go. That semantic statement doesn't mean what it says it means. I, I think that in, in any lesson that doesn't have something that doesn't fit the language pattern hasn't touched on the realities of what language is about because patterns patterns are only patterns until something comes along to squash the pattern in its in its glory. All right. So at the end of the day, are we saying that part of our job is not teaching? What does this sentence mean? It's it's teaching the students what does it mean in that context. So we're just context teachers. We're context creators. Yes, okay. I, I think that's true. So I'm I'm Troy, and I'll be guiding you through the 
the, the, the fields of semantics. They're very so similar to find, <laughs> find our way to the shores of comprehension. Yes, that's it. We're guides. <laughs> okay. All right, it's a time for a word from our sponsor. Uh, yes, I think uh, today's sponsor is people throwing fridges at kids on swings. Trees. What was it again? No. Yes, that's exactly who is our sponsor a, is. Yes. Is uh, that a non sequitur or a callback? We need a, another podcast on callbacks. Okay. All right. So our real podcast for today is uh, in some reasonably well-developed uh, countries, particularly in humid tropical areas, they have these machines they've made. They look like a leaf blower, but they've actually got this fog of mosquito dust in them, and they make fantastic background noises for podcasts. And, and they kill mosquitoes too. It's like a double whammy. Yeah, and sometimes uh, they're like so in tune to their surroundings that if they realize that, oh wait, the podcast microphone's not going to be able to pick it up, they go around to the next street and do it again. Yeah. Right, so thanks mosquito guys. Waffle on. Waffle off. Toffle Ruffle is proudly brought to you by the non-stop Waffler, Troy, and Steve. For any question, comment, com- complain, or queries, you can email tofferoffer at gmail.com or visit www.tofferoffer.com. <laughs>